Mediated Conversation on SAFM. 28 minutes now to 9. The time time for your Mediated Conversation this Tuesday morning. Over the last few months, there's been a series of developments around the Road Accident Fund. The fund is meant to pay the victims of car accidents. If you have an accident, your treatment is supposed to be paid for by the Road Accident Fund. This is paid for by a levy. Whenever you buy fuel or petrol, a portion of the amount you pay per litre is then paid over to the fund. The fund uses that money to help the victims of car accidents. But in the last few years, the fund has made two major changes. First, it said it would use a new accounting standard, meaning that it manages its money differently. The Auditor General has refused to accept the standard. The Accounting Standards Board has also said it cannot use the standard. Also, the fund has stopped reimbursing medical aid. In the past, a medical aid would pay for the treatment of a road accident victim If they were covered by that medical aid, the fund would reimburse the medical aid. Now the fund says it will no longer pay out those funds. Now the road accident fund says it will no longer reimburse the medical aid. The Constitutional Court has ordered it must pay the medical aids. It is still refusing to do so. Yesterday, the medical aid group Discovery confirmed it's going back to court to get a contempt of court order against the road accident fund. So what is going on and why? First this morning, you'll hear from the Road Accident Fund in a conversation we had with their spokesperson, Macintosh Palella, on Friday. Then you'll hear from the chartered accountant and analyst, Kaya Satole. We'll ask him if the Road Accident Fund does have a case. And then the consequences of all of this, the business writer at News24, Carol Payton. We start then with the conversation with the Road Accident Fund spokesperson, Macintosh Palella. We spoke to him on Friday, and I asked him why the fund was changing its accounting standard. Well, look, uh, there's a, a lot of things that we needed to fix. Um, one of those was our responsibility as far as our legal bill is um, concerned. I mean, we needed to fix the way that we uh, we did things. We were able to, you know, drop that legal bill from around 10.6 billion to now 3.7 billion. And there's a lot of things that we needed to do differently to be able to fix our finances because the fund was being threatened with collapse if we didn't do so. And so hence we decided to change, you know, the way that we were doing things. And it's bearing fruits. I understand that, um, you know, uh, you and I discussed this yesterday and we're discussing now the fact that, um, you know, the Auditor General is not happy with this. But sometimes you have to do things differently. And, uh, you know, the Auditor General is unhappy. There'll be a time that, uh, you know, she will be happy with us, as you say. Uh, you know, we're able to, we've been able to drop some figures and um, some of those have been very significant figures, like the ones that I've, I've spoken to you about, like the legal bill to the lawyers. It may be one thing to change the figures, but what you're actually doing when you change accounting standards is you aren't changing the figures, you're changing the rules. And isn't that what you've done? Uh, Stephen, I, I'm not sure that we've changed, uh, you know, the rules. We've we've navigated our, our way around how we can fix the road accident fund and fix it as quickly as possible. And obviously, we've uh, fallen foul with the Auditor General as a as a result. I mean, we we are open to sitting around the, the table and talk to the Auditor General and see how how best you know she can assist us. Um, you know continue uh you know to drop the figures and our responsibility to make sure that we meet our responsibilities to our claimants but at the same time uh to make sure that we don't fall foul with the with the auditor general so there is room i mean to sit around the table and and talk and, and find you know an amicable way instead of going to the courts okay so you've lost in court and in fact you're going to the constitutional court and you're going to the constitutional court 
when, in fact, no one else agrees with you. So the Auditor General says you are wrong. The Transport Department told you not to go to court. They are your ministry. You are an entity under them. The National Treasury says that you are wrong. And you're still going to the Constitutional Court. Well, Stephen, look, the um, CEO, the ex-CO, they, you know, obviously get advice from their attorneys on whether a different court is likely to come to a different outcome. And they listen to that advice. We appreciate the advice of the entities that uh, that you've spoken about. But what you must understand is that they don't run the operations of the road accident fund. The ex-CO does, the CEO does, the board, you know, to some extent gets involved. And we get advice from our attorneys. And our attorneys, if they feel that, uh, you know, we could get a different outcome, we listen to the to, to the attorneys. It's an issue that is still open to, you know, being debated between ourselves and the attorneys. Well, uh, no one else agrees with you on this. I mean, you're doing something no one else does. And you're presuming and that a judge has already found to be wrong. And if that's the case, what possible hope can you have that you'll actually be right? Why is your legal advice so different to everyone else's? It's the, the, everyone else's is not legal advice. It, it's advice that we have we have received. I mean, Stephen, we we involved in a lot of court cases. Some of them we've won, some of them we've lost, some of them we've lost very badly. I mean, we 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 keep learning from that. But as I said, I mean, it's an issue that it's not cast in stone. It's an issue that uh, you know being debated between the lawyers and the um, uh, you know the CEO, the Exco, and the board. And the CEO is is open to reason, even to the uh, entities that you've spoken about. We are open to sitting down and further with them, including the Auditor General, by the way, to say how best can we assist the road accident fund, you know, to save as much money as possible and to pay, you know, rightly to the claimants that, uh, you know, we, we, we are responsible for. Because we want to reduce reduce the other bills that I've, I've already spoken about. We've been paying too much to people we shouldn't be paying to. Okay. There's another case. Medical aids used to be reimbursed for the money they paid for the treatment of people hurt in accidents. A person would suffer an accident. They would receive medical treatment. The medical aid would pay for their treatment. The road accident fund would reimburse the medical aid. And what that meant was, because the role of the fund, as I understand it, is to compensate people in accidents. If you suffer 100 rands worth of damage in the accident, the road accident fund makes you whole again. It reimburses the 100 rand. Now, in this case, you have people who are suffering an accident. They are made whole by the medical aid. The medical whole was made. The medical aid was made whole by you. Why did you stop? Why did you stop reimbursing medical aids? You're right. You're saying that uh, you know we're paying uh, people that uh, you know are involved in, in in accidents. We have a responsibility to the people that are you know involved in accidents as far as the bills that are not paid by the medical aids and by law the medical aids are responsible for prescribed minimum benefits as well as emergency uh, you know medical uh, benefits that falls outside the scope of the road accident fund and we made it clear to the uh, medical aid that we shouldn't be paying that because by law uh, we should we, you know it's not our responsibility and treasurer has issued a secular as well saying so saying that we actually are not responsible for this i mean the court in the, the high court in september judge kumalo says Anybody who claims from the road accident fund has to show, you know, injury or law. Or the claimants, uh, even those who are under the medical aid, are right to claim 
those uh, you know claims that are outside of the prescribed minimum benefits as well as the emergency you know medical costs and so that's what we pay we're doing our responsibility and the medical aids should actually take their responsibility as well by reimbursing them it was meaning that the medical aids were actually not taking any responsibility at all but you're the road accident fund it's your responsibility to deal with road accidents not necessarily the medical aids but it's not our responsibility to praise to pay prescribed minimum benefits Stephen, and the emergency medical costs that's the responsibility between you and the medical aids. That's an agreement between you and the medical aids. When you sign um, on the dotted line, your contract say to you, we are going to pay these benefits. And anything outside of that, we're not going to pay. You can go to the uh, road accident fund. And we rightly pay anything outside of those two. McIntosh Paletta, the spokesperson for the Road Accident Fund there. There were one or two issues with that line. Do apologize for that. You were there, CFM, 19 minutes to nine. Your mediated conversation continues around the Road Accident Fund. We've heard from them now. Let's hear from Kaya Satole, a, a chartered accountant and financial analyst. Kaya, good morning, and thank you for your time this morning. Good morning, and good morning to the listeners. In a way, let's start with the accounting standards. Um, it's an argument about accounting standards. Why are they, why are they different accounting standards in the first place? So it is a bit of an old complexity, and the crux of the complexity is the question of what exactly does the road accident fund actually do? So in the current dispensation, it is essentially regarded as an insurance uh, company. And that means that the, uh, uh, the accounting standards relating to insurance companies are what it has been forced to apply essentially for a very long time. Now, what it wants to argue is that it actually administers social benefits, which is quite different from an insurance company. And the simple difference is that with an insurance company, you proactively sign up for an insurance contract, you get told exactly what you covered for, and you get told what the insured event would be. In this case, it would be road accidents. Under social benefits, however, what triggers a social benefit payout is very different to what triggers an insurance payout. So historically, because the road accident fund has been forced to use the insurance standard. The insurance standard is quite prospective in its outlook in that it says, for example, right now we're in December, the road accident fund is obliged to estimate how many accidents that might be happening as we speak and then how much those accidents might cost it. So it actually in, uh, accounts for future liabilities that might arise. And that is how you end up with a 330 billion rand liability. Under a social benefit standard, the difference is that until there is a claim that is lodged and the claim has met the requirements for it being paid, then you don't have to account for it. So, of course, it benefits the road accident fund for it to adopt the social benefit standard because it does indeed result in a massive reduction in liabilities. The problem, unfortunately, is that it is the accounting standards board that then issues the type of accounting standards that public entities are allowed to use. And until now, the Road Accident Fund has not been able to convince the accounting standards board to actually give it permission to depart from the insurance standard onto a social benefit standard. And so until that happens, the Auditor General has no choice but to say that these financial statements have been prepared on the wrong basis. And that is the point of departure between the Road Accident Fund and the Auditor General. Okay. So the, so the Auditor General, which I think is one of the parties in this case and spoke about it in their report released two weeks ago, the Auditor General has no choice 
but to implement what the auditing standards board, what excuse me, what the accounting standards board decides needs to take that rule and apply to the road accident fund. So this is really about the road accident fund and the accounting standards board. Indeed, the auditor general is actually caught in the middle. So if the road accident fund came back tomorrow and said, here's a new directive from the accounting standards board that allows us to switch from that old accounting standard to this new one, the auditor general would happily audit the new one. But until that happens, the auditor general has to apply the rules as they've been agreed to between the parties. Obviously, the road accident fund now wants a difference in that. And for some odd reason, this conversation has been reduced to a battle between the auditor general and the road accident fund, rather than a question of will there ever be a meeting of the minds between the road accident funds and the accounting standards board, because until that happens, this impasse is obviously going to be quite permanent in nature. How does the Accounting Standards Board decide which standard is used? I presume they have quite a set procedure. Government entities, um, different categories of those entities will all be managed in the same way, depending on what category they fall under. So what the Accounting Standards Board would do is that if there are accounting standards that are published by other international peer bodies, in this case, it will be the International Public Sector Accounting Standards Board. What the Accounting Standards Board of South Africa would then do is that it would read that particular international rule and guideline and then make a determination on whether it is to be applied in South Africa. That would be the first process. And then the second one would be whether any parts of it or any elements of it need to be tailored to fit the South African market, given the unique nature of the entities that we have here. So, of course, what triggered this particular cause of action for the Road Accident Fund is that historically, we actually didn't have a, 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 a new uh, um, you know, social benefits accounting standard. So a couple of years ago, the International Public Sector Accounting Standards Board did actually issue an international social benefits standard. And as soon as the Road Accident Fund saw that, they felt that that was more aligned to their business model. So they obviously said, well, this is what we should be applying. And the only reason we couldn't apply it before is because it didn't exist. Now, of course, the processes at the Accounting Standards Board are subject to the concurrence of many affected parties. So you'd obviously need to um, consider whether other entities are going to be affected and whether the standard should be rolled up in its form or in a different form altogether. So the Accounting Standards Board hasn't finished that process. We actually do not know if they're even interested in exploring that. So until that process is finalized, the road accident fund quite simply cannot adopt something that is not allowed in South Africa. And so there's no way for the Road Accident Fund to actually even apply. I mean, is there a process that people could apply to the Accounting Standards Board and say, we don't want to use Accounting Standard X, we want to use Accounting Standard Y? And then that option is just not available because the, the board doesn't have the new standard. Look, I do not believe that the Accounting Standards Board would be hostile to an approach that says, look, guys, as you've seen, there's been a new accounting standard that's been issued by your peer agencies, which is the International Public Sector Accounting Standards Board. We feel that that is more aligned to our own business model. Can we then engage in a process of consultation, put together all the stakeholders that need to be there in order for the process of gazetting a new accounting standard to be started? So that is really what the battle should have been about. And of course, until the Road Accident Fund and the Accounting Standards Board indicate to us whether that process has been initiated and how far it is down the road, we're not really sure whether that is indeed the approach that has been taken, but that is actually how you solve this in that you have to convince the Accounting Standards Board to accelerate the process of enabling South African entities that qualify for this new accounting standard to be able to adopt it.
Okay, is the road accident fund on strong ground in wanting to change their standard in the first place? I mean, is there an argument to say they must keep the standard that they've been using for many years before this? So I do think that there are definitely some considerations around whether this should indeed be regarded as a, a, a traditional insurance company. And I think the main difference, obviously, is that within an insurance an insurance contract, you know what the insured event is, you know who you are, and you pay a particular premium. Now, obviously, with the road accident fund, it is quite different. The law simply says to them that you will cover these claims as they arise. And that, unfortunately, when it was conceptualized, the closest we could get to saying what is the accounting standard that is applicable to you, it was the insurance accounting standards that have been written for traditional insurance companies. So there's definitely a gap there. And then the secondary question is, well, is the road accident fund then a social benefit organization like the South African Social Security Agency, for example? And of course, the definition of what a social benefit entity is, is also itself quite specific. So you have to be administering social benefits and there have to be very clear rules about what triggers the payments of those social benefits. Now, in the instance of the road accident fund, which has to cover uh, you know, car accidents that happen universally across the country, it might be difficult to say that, well, actually there are no triggers until there's a claim, because then the question would be, are you going to ignore the fact that there were 100 accidents that happened this morning and you know that these claims are going to come? Because a lot of people that are traditional accountants would say, well, you're not being prudent. You're actually not planning properly because you know something has happened, but you're pretending that it hasn't happened until the claims come. And that means that your or your forward planning and your budgeting may itself be compromised. So there's definitely a very important conversation that has to be had about where exactly does the road accident fund fit in. But until that conversation has been clarified and finalized, they're unfortunately stuck with accounting standards that says they must treat their claims as an insurance company would treat them. Thank you very much indeed, Kaya Satoli. Really do appreciate the time. Uh, chartered accountant and financial analyst, as you can hear. In a moment, the view from Carol Payton, who, uh, of course, is at News24. She's a business writer there. That to come, you're with SAFM, 10 minutes to 9. Mediated conversation on SAFM. Continue your mediated conversation this morning around the Road Accident Fund. You've heard from the fund uh, itself. You've heard also from Akaya Satole. Carol Payton is a business writer at News 24. Carol, good morning and thank you for your time. Good morning, Stephen. I suppose one of the key questions, or let me put it to you, is it a question worth asking? Under the old standard that the Road Accident Fund was using, it had liabilities of 300 billion rand. Under the new standard that it's using that the the Accounting Standards Board doesn't like, its liabilities are now 30 billion rand. So suppose, are we allowed to ask, why would they change the accounting standard now? What would the motive for that be? It's... It's strange because um, I don't, you know, I don't think that um, there is a benefit to 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 the actor people who run the road accident fund, the, the the board, or the management. I can't see what the benefit would be to, in having this fight, because all they're doing is setting themselves up against, you know, the executive authority, and um, you know, causing causing difficulties. So I don't really understand how they would benefit. Yes, it would. It does make the audit look better, but at the moment, because they're having this fight, they've been given an adverse opinion, and 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 they are. They, it seems to be that that they are trying to get a better audit outcome. That's the motive. Um, I don't know if um, 
that is linked in some way to, you know, KPIs or KPAs or or something like that. But but I would find that surprising if it were. But that but that is the only possible motive that I can think of. And even then, I mean, it's a huge fight to have for a tiny benefit in your employment contract. It is. It is a huge fight to have, and and there is an element here of sort of kind of um, very uh, eccentric approach <laughs> taken by the executives of the road accident fund. Not sure exactly why, um, but it does seem it does seem to be the case that um, there's there is a CEO there who who's who's not the kind of person who can ever accept no for an answer. So they talk about, you know, Macintosh Palella talking about having a um, a uh, dialogue and settling this out of court. But in fact, they have no, they only want one outcome, and that is to do it their way. Um, if the fund loses this case, suddenly their liabilities will be big again. They will be much bigger again. They'll be over 300 billion rand. What happens then? I mean, presumably it can't cover some of those, oh, I don't know. Could it cover those liabilities? What would what would be the outcome of that? Mm. Well, the, the the liability of the road accident fund has always been massive because of the kind of fund it is. And um, because, you know, you could claim these massive lump sums, um, <clears throat> you could claim loss of earnings as a huge lump sum. If you were a foreign tourist, for instance, and you were visiting South Africa and you got injured in a, in a car accident, and then you would claim your future loss of earnings for the next, you know, 20 years in in pounds or dollars or whatever. And this and this is one one of the reasons why the 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 fund has got such massive liabilities. So that problem of the liabilities does have to be sorted out because because if they had to actually materialize, no, the state couldn't the road accident fund couldn't pay those. Um, so that the, the nature of the fund and the way um, benefits are dispersed is the root of the problem that needs to be solved, not the accounting standard, which just makes things look better when in fact they're still the same. Um, the other issue around medical aids, and I find this case uh, fascinating, is the fund on strong grounds in refusing to pay out medical aids? And the medical aids are going to keep fighting that. I mean, this is a huge threat to them. It is because medical aids, you know, I mean, these things are actuarially worked out and um, that has not been factored in. That has not been. And, and we know the uh, the cost um, and, and, the, and, and the, lo- the rate, the high rate of road accident funds, of, ro- of, of road accidents. So, yes, it is a threat to them. And clearly the courts have said no. Um, you know, RAF, everyone is insured, you and me. Maybe we're on medical aid, but you and me are also paying the road accident fund every single time we fill up with petrol. So that's where the road accident fund's getting its 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 money from. We are, we pay for that insurance every time we buy petrol. So um, you know that's they, I don't think that that they've got any kind of leg to stand on. And the courts have made that quite clear. It's very odd that they would also again um, almost you know believe that they are the sole. Uh, um, right, correct thinking, right thinking um, entity. Um, there's so many big court cases around the road accident fund now, um, and and you know, um, I think it might be fair to ask: Is the fund well managed? And I realise there are lots of different ways of assessing that, and we probably won't know until all of these court cases are finished as to who's right or not. 
And we live, unfortunately, Carol, as you know, in a cynical country and particularly in a cynical time during a cynical country. Um, are there questions that we, I mean, is it too far to ask questions around whether it's being managed properly? Do we need to wait for the outcomes of these court cases? I don't think we need to wait for the outcomes. I think that, you know, the Auditor General said, um, actually, they said that the RAF has improved um, with the with the exception of this of this insistence that they don't have these liabilities. Um, in every in every other regard, the RAF seemed to have improved slightly. So I don't think that's so much the issue. Um, unlike some of the other social security, well, some of the other funds which are also which which are much worse worse run. Um, I. I think that the issue is that the ref, the, the 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 executives are just they're just barking up the wrong tree. So long because the the issue, the thing that needs to be solved is the way the fund works. Now there's a bill that was introduced in September, which is going to change. I don't know if you re- change the way the the fund works. I don't know if you remember like way back in like the the you know the 2000s, early 2000s, there was a, a satural uh, commission into the road accident fund. It took sat for years come, came up with a report and it said this system of com- of, of, of calculating um, the liability of, of cal- calculating payouts doesn't work it's it's the state can't afford it the state can't be paying people for loss of earnings in massive lump sums um, and that bill and a bill was was written and that bill went all the way through parliamentary process the lawyers absolutely hated it because this is their livelihoods to to litigate on these on these on these cases because the bill said we're not going to have a whole lot of litigation we're going to just say there's a no-fault system everyone gets gets paid and um you pay paid in an annuity you don't get your massive lump sum of millions and millions um and that bill was killed in the last day of the of uh, last days of the zoom administration so finally someone got in there and and killed it and it's now back it's now back and it's just come back in september but i mean there isn't going to be time to pass it this parliament but but that's the problem that needs to be solved and lawyers are going to hate me for saying this because it's saying um you know um this 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 practice of some rich people earning uh, getting millions and millions out of the road accident fund and lawyers taking so much money um has to stop Carol Payton, thank you very much indeed. A good note on which to end. Carol Payton is a business writer at News24. My thanks also to the Chartered Accountant and Analyst, Kaya Satole, and starting us off today, uh, the spokesperson for the Road Accident Fund, Macintosh Padella.